Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today CIO Podcast. I'm John Lin, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. We want to bring you the most practical CIO insights and perspectives. We know your job is challenging and we want to make help your job be easier. And today we're at the HIMSS 2022 conference and we're here with Ray Lowe, Senior Vice President and CIO at Altimate. Welcome, Ray. Thank you, John. Big fan, long listener of Healthcare IT Today. Oh, you have a great point of view. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, I'm excited to hear your perspectives and have you as part of the family. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to Altimate. Sure, so thank you. So um, I've been at Altimate for four years. And prior to Ultimate, I'd worked at most of the large systems. I worked at Dignity Health for eight years, okay. where I ran infrastructure programs. I worked at Providence Health and Services. I ran a large startup implementations. I also worked at Kaiser Permanente. Okay. Uh, I was actually there for eight years and oh, built some hospitals, built some cancer centers, et cetera. And I joined Ultimate in January of 2018, uh, really to join, to lead them onto their digital transformation journey not only from a technology perspective, but also an application and patient experience. Well, it sounds like you've had a broad perspective across large institutions and varied, varying background. That's interesting. But as you look at your work, what's a problem you're working on that maybe not enough people are talking about? Yeah, everybody's talking about data. Okay. I mean, data is the core of everything. It's the foundation of how you make your determinations, your decisions, how your EMRs going to formulate you know, et cetera, around there. Um, I think there's a, a growing question when you acquire, because we, we, we grow and we acquire other, other clinics, et cetera, or even when you're moving an EMR, when we went from uh, a previously legacy over to Epic, is how do we really work on that continuity of care? Because you want to know the patient, right? And when you're shifting it, um, we had to look for a solution that would natively integrate within the Epic platform with a single launch of a button for both uh, medical workers as well as dental, which is very tricky because a lot of imaging in that, and uh, so that our providers can have just that continuous look without having to go search, go to HIM, et cetera, around there. Interesting, so you have been working with Harmony Healthcare IT on, on some of that problem, right? So tell us about the challenge that prompted that and why you chose to go with Harmony Healthcare IT. Well, you're going to take me back to uh, September of 2019. Okay. So we actually um, had selected another provider. I, I, you know, I was trying to do a two-for-one uh -huh. uh, with a different provider that was doing some integration activities, the hospital system we were working with. Okay. And my assumption was that they would be able to help us with our data archive. Um, we had a lot of issues with it. Okay. And so um, I had some relationships with the folks at Harmony, and I reached out to them and said, I need some help. And now my EMR is about to launch. I don't have data access, et cetera, around there. And um, we're federally qualified healthcare centers. So um, we're not funded with, with a lot of money, you know? And, and so when you look at how do I make the decision, I go, I'm looking for a partner, right, that understands who I am, that can meet my needs for me as well. And, and to me, it's all about integrity and uh, accountability, you know? And, and, you know, actually, the Harmony folks did do that for us. And, you know, we're able to, um, stand up in I think about 90 to 120 days, kind of in that time period, and it's, it's gone very well. That's great. So what was the big differentiator? Obviously, they weren't delivering, so that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's one thing. Right? Definitely make a change yeah, there, right? Yeah, but yeah. what was the differentiator between the old partner and what you wanted to accomplish with Harmony? Yeah, it's all about maturity, right? It's about maturity, it was about practice, you know, through there. Um, again, it's been a few years since we had the conversation of selection, and, um, Again, I want information up front. So I had one of my directors that was actually working with them, and there were bumps that were happening you know, in there. And, and it's just part of the discovery process. 
Um, but the Harmony folks were really upfront. You know, they told us, they said, this is what we're going to do, this is how it's going to be managed. Um, if there was a cost differential, it wasn't significant. You know, and we were able to assess, can I still maintain this within budget? Again, you can imagine doing an epic implementation and you've now gone live, okay? I am now paying for my legacy system to be available for read-only access. So I had a very quick platform to move over there, or I was paying for multiple platforms, right? Yeah, and no there. one wants to do that. Nobody <laughs> wants to do it. No, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, and I think it was interesting you mentioned the dental records piece. Right. I, I, I don't know many that do that. So was that a challenge, or how did that play out? Yeah, I, um, dental orthopedics orthodontic, excuse me, um, pictures in there, and that's, you know, when they take pictures of it, they kind of show it um, in terms of what's happening. So that's the record, right, you have in terms of your, your, your patient's mouth or what type of work has been done. So they would bring it up. Um, again, being a federally qualified healthcare center, we do primary care as well as dental care. Again, for low-income, underserved yeah, it's kind of a right? unique situation. Exactly, right. So you provide that access and you provide that quality of them. So the dental images, right, are part of their practice. So many of us talk about EMRs, right? We all get EMRs today, but the dental side is just kind of interesting. You know, like even Epic on Wisdom as well, the way that Wisdom works versus how we do it from an ambulatory perspective. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, it's interesting that at the Federated Qualified Health Center, you're able to bridge that gap. It's kind of, that's pretty cool. Thank you. So let's talk about the health data archiver from Harmony Healthcare IT. What was the impact on both like the clinical teams, but also on the HIM side? Oh yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, for the clinical team, my view is I don't want my clinicians to have to change systems, right? So it should be one click, uh -huh. and then you pull it off, and you're able to, you know, address and see the trending information of the patient. Okay, and so we're able to achieve that single sign-on integration, okay. so the doctors um, had ease of use. Right, which that. is essential, or they won't right. use it. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Were there any other results you saw? I mean, I think people always go through that debate. The CIO, should we get rid of the old one? Should we keep it? You know, what were some of the benefits you saw of moving to an archive platform? Well, I, th I think you have to. I mean, you know, the, the re requirements are maintaining medical records. Again, the worst thing to have is a broken record. You know, and uh, sometimes people say you only need to look at, you know, the last three months of your lab, your pharmacy, as you're doing an EMR implementation, so usually load that in and pull the data, but you don't have the deep history behind folks. Um, again, our patient population, there's chronic diabetes, chronic CHF, chronic COPD, so it's really important to understand how the A1Cs have been trending and other clinical measurement factors. So again, getting that, getting that longer view in terms of. Interesting. I would have never thought about a kind of archiving legacy application as really a population health platform or at least an effort to ensure the quality of health in your population? Well, again, population health, it's, it's so key. You know, I, I know you're also a, a big, uh, your big topic is on social determinants of health yeah, and you know, population health, social determinant health, so it's one of our, of our key um, initiatives. We can talk more about that later in there. But you know, really kind of identifying the patients in there, who they are, how to outreach them. It's, it's interesting because we're um, community-based, wow. right? And you know, we're trusted by a patient population that doesn't um, necessarily speak English, mm. right? And we're also part of a patient population that um, may or may not be citizens, right? They don't want to be identified yeah. around there. So, so you need to have this kind of continuation. So as you see the patient, right? You know where they're at, what they're at. 
you can see where they're trending, where they're improving, and you can, you can demonstrate it. Yeah, well, it just illustrates how important it is to have all that data available right. in an accessible format, not just right. we're still paying a license and no one accesses it. Yeah, and, and again, <laughs> you, when you look at the quality data, right, you want to see the year-over trend sure. of the quality. You want to look at the quality improvements, the heatest measures. How are you extracting that? Mm -hmm. You know, health plans want to see what you're doing on a quarterly basis. But as you can, you know, move ahead and you see the trend as a patient, I love being able to look into my my chart, right, and kind of see what I'm doing, how I'm doing, exactly right, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears a little. Uh, you know, in our CIO podcast, we always love to give some career advice as well. And you've had a fascinating, you know, career and background. But what advice would you share with other CIOs, maybe looking to embark on a, a data extraction and archiving project, or you know, other, other advice for their career? Wow. Well, you know, what? one, do not be afraid of data. I think a lot of people get afraid of data, yeah. and they kind of may not act. Is, right? it, is it afraid to look in the mirror and say, ooh, my baby's ugly because the data's not quite <laughs> right? Or is that, is that the feeling? Or what, what's the... <laughs> wow, that's a good one. You know, I, I would never say that anybody's baby's ugly. Yeah, That'd be kind, yeah, of, kind, of, kind of rough, John. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, no, it's like as organizations grow and you become more mature and you become more value-based and you become more quality-focused, right, the, the data is really important. The, your executive team is going to want real-time data. Right, we want to have decision support tied to the data, right? And so when you look at the mapping of the longitudinal data historically, as well as what's currently happening, you get those insights. It gets even more interesting, okay? So again, in our patient population, again, I'm going to talk a little about SDOH, okay. and I'm going to talk about social vulnerability index. I'm going to talk a little bit now also about community-based organizations, right? So if you can overlay all that and you really get a mapping, right, of where you have the food scarcity, what are the zip codes, who are the people, what, you know, what, what almost down to the street level, and how do you partner with it and understand it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a challenging thing, but it's so important. So uh, just wrapping up here, what's been one or maybe a couple keys to success in your career? Oh, that's a good one. I, you know, I think... Um, I think your, your, your personal integrity is what you stand by. Yeah, and I think, you know, as, um, as a leader, you need to be strong in who you are. I, I, I really also believe in the way that you treat people um, is so important, you know, I'm on the golden rule. You know, of course, you know, you need to have the technical competency. You know, as a CIO, you need to have the cyber vigilance. Um, I was at a previous talk today and then somebody said, well, you know, I go, how do I sleep? I said, I sleep like a baby because every two hours I wake up because I'm afraid there's not a cyber threat <laughs> around there. But more importantly, I think even um, the CIO, the letter I, has so many different interpretations. Most will tell you it's a chief information officer. But the reality of it, it's a chief information officer. It's a chief innovation officer. It's a chief um, clinical informaticist. And also, it's influence. Oh, uh, you know, so you've got to be able to do all four of those, and you kind of like balance as you lead your organization. Um, you know, and, and uh, Becker's, they've had some conversations about the uh, COO by proxy. Because oh. the CIO, you know the systems. Uh -huh. And you can kind of see what's happening and how optimized, hmm. and you know, potentially affect a change and have a tremendous outcome. Yeah. Well, Ray, this is a fantastic discussion. I loved learning from you. I thank you for taking part in the CIO podcast. And thanks, everyone, for watching. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, you can find it at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today and the CIO podcast on your favorite podcasting application.